0: Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. This is part two of a two-episode arc series starting with episode 37, Does God Believe in Aliens and Should We? Obviously, with the very ironic title, we know God is creator, and aliens, if, if, if they exist, would be creatures. So, obviously, you guys get the little pun, you guys get the ironic title, but this is the second part, the final of the two-parter episode. Hope you guys enjoy Don't forget to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. God bless.
1: What was the whole deal, or from your point of view, you know, given your background, what was the whole deal behind Richard Branson, Elon Musk, and Jeff Bezos hanging out in space for... However short of a short of a time of, of it was, you know, I thought it was, like, publicity. But given COVID, Amazon doesn't need publicity because that's everyone's, like, grocery store now and everyone's go-to. But uh, So, to me, that's, that, that's kind of one of those random thoughts I have when I'm folding towels or, you know, driving somewhere, sitting at a red light. It's like, what was the deal with those guys just trying to get to space? They just came out of nowhere, and then it's forgotten.
2: So, yeah, it's that was the joke when they uh, did the Red Bull high-altitude balloon right. skydiving from over 100,000 feet. What does it mean when a sports drink has a better space program than your country? <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot to unpack here, so I'll try and keep it cogent. Kick me under the table if I, if I get off track here. So first of all, the question is, where were we going when we started space exploration? So the Soviet Union launched a satellite that demonstrated the ability to even attacked the United States via an intercontinental ballistic missile. So that necessitated a military response. Space started as an inherently military endeavor because it provided an advantage to whichever nation could execute those operations. So as we went on, there was a curious turning point where the Soviet Union wasn't able to keep up, and certain things happened. Nobody really thinks about what the impact is of the first picture's that have the entire Earth set against space. So as you go, I've attended a few lectures by different folks, but one of them was Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he talks about that moment changed the world because everybody saw the Earth as a fixed thing in a greater scope. Because walking around every day, we don't think about that. So we kind of lost... Some of the momentum towards space exploration. Everybody knows the Soviet Union kind of ran out of gas, right? And then we'd made it to the moon. We started doing the space shuttle, which really only goes to a low Earth orbit. If the Earth is a peach, the space shuttle only goes to the fuzz. So you're doing things that are orbital, but they're not really that big. So, so what's going on with all these corporations doing space launches? So this is, again, stolen from somebody else's presentation. So I'll give citation in person if anybody would like it. But the idea is we've put so many satellites into orbit at the low Earth level, medium Earth orbit for all of your GPS satellites and a few other applications, and out clear at geosynchronous, the point at which the satellites revolving around the Earth at the same rate we rotate, that's your things like your TV stations and your satellite communications where you can point a dish and just leave it. We've done that so many times that a corporation, going over to Dusty, can understand the risk. I'm investing $100 million. My return is going to be X. The risk of a failure at launch is this value. The risk of failure at transfer, meaning getting it from low-Earth orbit all the way out to geo, is this. And then the risk of engineering checkout is this. So we kind of stalled. We stopped doing the military side of space because we've... Protected, uh, we've perfected intercontinental ballistic missiles. We've perfected a lot of things. So, what nobody realizes is there was so much technology available that they've essentially gobbled up a lot of technology and testing that's been done and simplified it into a business model. And they're now executing launch or what they call lift. So, space lift is occurring. We can make it look cool. We can send up multi billionaires into orbit, but it's all just to demonstrate that they've mastered the risk of that initial space launch. So where things get complicated, though, is there's only one of them that claims we're going to move to Mars, right? Right. Right. So has anybody here listened much to astronauts or kind of what the impacts of space flight are on the human body? All the time. All the time. No, no. So (laughs) one of the astronauts, and I don't have his name, don't tell anyone I was listening to NPR. No, it wasn't Buzz Aldrin. I was listening to NPR. It was somebody who was on the space station for, I think, uh, four months or six months. But what he described was when he returned to Earth, he had to wear a compression stocking all the way up to his chest because his body could no longer circulate the blood. And that he was in agonizing pain every step he took because all of the nerve endings in his feet were so inflamed. So, you know, that's kind of what we're going to see is when you start looking at things beyond Geo, you'll probably see a return to military-related missions going back to the moon and beyond the moon. Well, That's that, just my, yeah. that, is an, that is an unsanctioned opinion of an individual who happens to live in Texas. Of those 144, 18 of them uh, reportedly appear to exhibit unusual flight characteristics, appear to demonstrate advanced technology, uh, and Some of them appeared to remain stationary in winds aloft, move against the wind, maneuver abruptly, or move at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion. Um, That's pretty intriguing. Uh, uh, And and if you're able to answer this uh, in this setting, are we aware of any uh, foreign adversary capable of moving objects uh, without any discernible means of propulsion?
3: I think I would, uh, without discernible means of propulsion, I would say that uh, we're not aware of any adversary that can move an object without discernible means of propulsion. Uh, the question then becomes, in many of these cases where we don't have a discernible mean of propulsion in the data that we have, um, in some cases, uh, um, there is likely sensor artifacts uh, that, uh, that that may be hiding some of that. Uh, there's certainly some degree of, uh, of something that looks like signature management that we have seen from some of these uh, uh, UAP. Uh, but I would, I would caution, I would simply say that there are a number of, uh, of events in which we do not have an explanation. In which, the, and there are a small handful in which there are flight characteristics or signature management um, that we can't explain with the data that we have. Um, We'll continue, those are obviously the ones that are of most interest to us. Uh, Earlier when we asked about how you uh, avoid technological surprise, the biggest way you avoid technological surprise is by collecting this type of data and by importantly um, calibrating the assumptions that you go into with how you do that analysis. I'll tell you, within the UAP task force, we have uh, one basic assumption and that is that, generally speaking, generally speaking, our sensors operate as designed. and we make that assumption because many times these are multi-sensor uh, collections. We make no assumptions about uh, the origin of this uh, or that there may or may not be some sort of technology that we don't understand. That's, I think, the key to avoiding technological surprises by calibrating those assumptions.
0: I think it is true. It would be the military, something like that. And the thing about it is, is in his hearing, you never know it could be something that we might have to defend ourselves or, or again they they were saying that the whole reason to put this on was because they said hey this might be a threat to national security and again uh the u.s department behind the back or quietly tried to uh, in 2017 try to restart a program that was related to project blue book i don't know if you guys ever heard of that oh, the airborne object identif- uh, identification yeah that, that group uh, i think there was a show about it too but this is yeah this is but look this is from the congressman andrew uh, andre carson who's a, a democrat from indiana he's a chairman of the house intelligent Counterterrorism. quote today we'll bring the organizations out of the shadows this hearing and the oversight work has a simple idea at its core unidentified aerial phenomenon are a potent, a potential national security threat and they need to be treated that way and this is other things came out to a database, a report of UFOs includes over 400 incidents in two, in the military's 2021 report that they did say there's there has been no official evidence of aliens have been found. But this is crazy uh, that uh, Scott Bray, he's a deputy director of Naval Intelligence, was telling the lawmakers that they haven't recovered anything official that's uh, you know, uh, alien or something that's even non-terrestrial in origin. It could be, again, foreign. Uh... As we detailed in both the unclassified and classified versions of the preliminary assessment
3: released by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence last June, this often limited amount of high quality data Uh, and reporting hampers our ability to draw firm conclusions about the nature or intent of UAP. As detailed in the ODNI report, if and when individual UAP incidents are resolved, they likely fall into one of five potential explanatory categories. Airborne clutter, natural atmospheric phenomena, U.S. government or U.S. industry developmental programs, foreign adversary systems, or a other bin that allows for a holding bin of difficult cases, and for the possibility of surprise and potential scientific discovery. Let me show you a couple of uh, another video and image uh, taken years apart in different areas. In this video, U.S. Navy personnel recorded what appears to be triangles, some flashing, recorded several years ago, off the coast of the United States. This was recorded while the U.S. Navy ship uh, observed a number of small unmanned aerial systems uh, in the area, and importantly, the video was taken through night vision goggles with a single lens reflex camera. These remained unresolved
0: for several years. Foreign countries, but it's unexplained right now. But the thing about it is we do need to take it seriously. Okay, but what if they're like right? Yes, very I'd, I'd like the aliens. Uh, please. Yes, uh, take a aliens for five hundred. But what have you seen Independence Day? I just want to say that have you not seen Independence Day? They get real proby They like I, I don't know. I
1: don't. I they blow don't know. They, they blow <laughs> up. Whoa, whoa! whoa let calm down on the probie <laughs> talk here, please. Jeez. Independence <laughs> Day. Have you not seen it? <laughs> yes, I saw it in the theater. <laughs> nice. And you know what though? That was a movie. That was for entertainment. Okay, uh, the movie It could guy, be the worse, right? It could be worse. Who knows? Who knows? It could be worse. It w- could you think? be just that. Now, here's
0: a theory. Here is Speaking of, you guys were talking about uh, Art Bell. Um, here's a theory I heard. And maybe, Dusty, you can speak on this more, being in the Hollywood
4: and producing movies and doing all that. I know Dean Devlin. I actually <laughs> hung out with Dean Devlin, who you know produced dude. Independence Day. Really? He was as much of a geek and as a nerd wow. as we were. We, 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 you're going to laugh when I tell you this. We met because we both belonged to a BBS service back then. Do you remember what BBS is Not the BBS. The bulletin board service that you would dial up with your 1,200 baud modem or 300 baud modem. Yes. Um, But anyway, that aside, here's the question. The question is, we as Catholics should be prepared to deal with this deck no matter which way it plays out, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Well, that's what I was going to say is is the, the theory is that Hollywood, our movies, are getting us ready ah, to... Have yeah, you heard that? Yeah, yeah, that of they're course, getting of course. us
4: ready. They've been getting us ready yeah. since Close Encounters so, of the Third yeah, Kind. Yeah, to prepare us for that right. it, is there Spielberg any... was hired to produce this movie to <laughs> so, prepare the way yeah. for the coming of the aliens. Well, certainly there Do would you see be an that? argument about that. Yeah, Do you, you see can, any you of that? See that. Like, and, and those of us who listen to Art Bell all those years would know that this disclosure, we've been waiting for it. Like, you know... But, but again, just to try to keep things on Catholic note here, the question was asked to a priest, a Jesuit priest once, would you be willing to baptize an alien? And the answer was only if she asked. So um, I think the question, let, let's, let's put it this way. Let's not theorize anymore. Let's say that that day has come. We are now in a world today uh, in theory. Where we found out at one of these disclosure meetings in Congress that yes, there are aliens. How do we react to that? What happens to us as a human race when we are shown uh, proof? hundred percent proof that there is an alien or an alien life form or an alien technology. What's to say that they're you know maybe they maybe they show up as AI. Who knows, right? I think
0: Pope Francis and and uh, Benedict Pope Benedict ha- have talked on this issue of if there is intelligence, uh, if there's if there is intelligence out there in the universe, we don't know. Like, are they fallen? Are they not? Did jesus come just for us humans or for the whole universe i don't know what's bigger universal galaxy but uh did he come for everyone or maybe they're not fallen i have heard that theory from a theologian is like well maybe these aliens aren't fallen and uh the bible that plan is for for us only i'm not saying there's other multiple jesus but like what if there's like they're, not their version of jesus but like if they have a different route
4: like uh, they, maybe in you other know words, if mean? they had like, they have they have like fall, an alien version of Jesus, because look, even when <laughs> you look at the it, operations yes, like of really Mary, Scott, me, right? She she seems to show up as the color of that culture. Yeah, in, in, in the America she showed up as <laughs> yes. perhaps a Hispanic, but well, some people mm-hmm. say, well, no, she was Jewish, clearly Jewish. Yeah. But in in Europe she shows up as a European woman. So that to people in like, Mexico, there's a <laughs> comfort level when <laughs> you have somebody who is of your culture, of your race, of your appearance. i but it's the
0: same Jesus. It's not like it's. I'm not saying. There's other multiple, G- but it's the same. But again, like you said, that that's all I'm proposing. What, what do you think, Jason, on the faith of Catholicism? Like if there were aliens, like are they fallen? Like is, like what do you, I don't know. Good question, and I don't know either. Uh,
1: You're supposed to know. That's why we have you on there. You're <laughs> that's supposed why to I'm give us in front the of answers microphone. of the
0: deepest, greatest <laughs> universe. You're supposed to know all that.
1: Yeah, so for that, I, I, I you know, I hate to do this, Roger, but I'd probably refer someone to another podcast. <laughs> Honestly, how dare you? you know, how dare the cardinal know. Sin, but stand for a but I'm really
4: curious what Tom thinks because not only does Tom work for this, you know, uh, what do we say? Uh, uh, shadowy a government, government entity that is being in between the cracks somewhere. Is less shadowy than But you I also know imagine. Tom to be a, a, a pretty cool Catholic guy who knows a lot about our faith. Where where do you stand on this issue? What are, are we ready? Are we ready? How do yeah. we how do we deal with a world like that?
2: I guess you'd have to look at it, and we go to the biggest thing is, well, what, how do you even approach somebody who's different? We have enough problems dealing with each other in North America, yeah. Yeah. who are all humans. We have problems dealing with folks from other countries, other religions. So how, if you aren't capable to set down one of my jobs I've had in the past as a military advisor, and I've worked extensively from folks from Middle Eastern countries. How many folks can say they've even gone to a synagogue or a mosque and just sat down? So that would be my question back to everyone else would be, you know, if, if you haven't expanded your, your exposure to the rest of our human culture and our brothers and sisters around the globe in a truly Catholic perspective as the universal church, even to sit and understand what they think, and their belief system, and, and just part of their
1: day-to-day life.
2: I, maybe you're not ready to talk to someone who may not have a belly button. <laughs> that, that's an <laughs> interesting.
1: That's an interesting point, there, Tom. Um, I've been blessed to to you know work alongside seminarians within various ministries that I've helped with in my parish. And when you said what you just said, it sparked a light bulb in my brain. You know, one of the few I've left here uh, that it uh, it fired off a memory and i remember talking to a seminarian and say hey you know what are you doing later on let's let's, let's go grab lunch he's like go oh, i can't uh, i'm going to go to a seventh day adventist service and i was like whoa what, what are you talking about he's like oh well it's actually a part of our formation that we go and attend you know other faith services so i was like that's that's interesting you know talking about uh, approaching someone or being approached by someone right who's different than you you know and you know, they can look like you, but they could have very different beliefs. And that makes them different. And that is that is one of the oddities of we're
2: in a particular cultural spot that's San Antonio. Right. So once you've been here, I've only been here about three years, but I think I'm starting to figure some things out about mm-hmm. San Antonio. Oh you can tell who's from here and who's not. Oh, oh yes. yeah. Big time. You can tell who's not from San Antonio. <laughs> but as you take folks out of that one place and put them in a military setting— it's always the fact that you wind up putting a group of people from other cultures, mm-hmm. other religions, you know, other backgrounds, you know, one of the things I, stories I always tell, it's my first thing I did as a cadet. I went to ROTC basic camp because I couldn't cut it in real basic training. So I went to basic camp at Fort Knox. My platoon of 40 people had like 14 people from Guam, statistically not really a representative sample But over the course of seven weeks, I learned a lot about Guam. You know, I learned to appreciate that culture and kind of how everybody, you know, folks would stop by. Everybody knew somebody's cousin. It was a very inclusive culture. You know, you move out into what's San Antonio, San Antonio. Everybody's got a cousin who does Ah. whatever it is you need. Uh, And you hear this with this word, uh, Pachanga. E what is this, Bichanga?
0: Ilos e Spurs. You e like the Spurs? E spurs. <laughs> so but yeah.
2: You, so you know, it's just as you move through all those things, the two and I S's was, are spurs. I was in this situation where you know, as a military advisor, your life literally depended upon. In my situation, the Iraqi army. Allah. So how are you going to, you know, interact with them on Thursday, Friday? What's different during Ramadan? You know, if you can't even smoke have water or eat yeah. during the entire day fasting. that's that's a profound period of fasting now granted it's a great dinner after the sun goes down but that level of understanding somebody else's culture if let's say we're visited by extraterrestrial life how do we present ourselves in the best light and, and establish a meaningful relationship that would be my question because well, you know, i don't think you could make a declaration of declaration of faith or 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 a judgment until you had I remember reading about facts.
4: the Caesars of Rome and how when they were conquering countries like there, there had to be a point where sometimes they would take a break to go and conquer the next country because, oh, they were our previous allies or they were our friends or how are we going to go yeah. take over their territory? So they would wait, wait sometimes a generation, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what may happen if all of a sudden we get disclosed is there going to be some people who have a very difficult yeah. time and we may just have to wait. And we may have to get a sensibility, a something, a growth uh, of our limited little pea mind that we have. The other day, I talking about culture in San Antonio, I'm driving around. And this is a, a city I grew up in until I was you know, 19 years old and I went off to college or whatever. But we're driving around the east side and it's the, in, in the shadows of the Alamo Dome, right? Which I've been to many, many times. I find, as we're driving around, a Confederate cemetery. And a Confederate flag flying, flying full mast in this cemetery that has been set aside for not only a Confederate group, but also there was a lot of Masons there. There was a group oh, called the Pythians, the, the Knights of the Pythians, I believe it was called. And as I started to re- research this, this is the fraternal order of the Knights of the Pythias. It promotes cooperation and friendship between people of goodwill. It promotes being of service to mankind. It promotes friendship as an essential ingredient to life. Benevolence, kindness, generosity, generosity, tolerance in their lives. I thought, wow, these guys are pretty cool, right? Sounds
0: like a cult. I was going to say, it sounds like a
4: cult. <laughs> okay, so, so that's interesting you say that because I thought, how could a group that sounds so cool be on the x list for the catholic church which it was you are not allowed to be a catholic and be a member of the Pythians. uh i would argue that there was or a mason these secret societies and and i'm thinking to myself i mean god there's a lot of people here who are buried in this cemetery and there was like at least 900 Plots there, right? Uh, beautiful cemetery, uh, very old. Like you're looking at plots, the uh, uh, at, uh, at 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 places and headstones that were dating to the 1800s. There, easy, and it's really fascinating. Like I, I, I loved it, and I'm I'm sitting there walking <laughs> through the cemetery like a good Catholic, praying for their souls, right? Um, and just sort of admiring the culture and, like you said, the differences, right? What have we learned since having a Confederate Army? And, and all these people that fought for keeping slavery, right? Um, so, and
2: that's an even, can we go down a very distinctly complicated question, right? Sure. So here's one for you. Folks here are from Texas, a Confederate state. I'm from Kansas. The entire state's identity is tied to being anti-slavery and being a fact of statehood drove the actual civil war in the United States of America. So you probably didn't learn a lot about John Brown in grade school, going to school in Texas. But he was a cultural figure that's really an icon of the abolitionist movement in Kansas. He's, you know, if you ever seen the Kansas album cover. Oh, yeah, sure. That's actually a a mural. Yeah, that's actually a mural in the state capitol. Wow. But he was tried and convicted of treason for leading an armed rebellion against the United States of America. Wow. So where does he fit into, if you're going through and talking about things that we shouldn't remind people of, shouldn't be a part of our culture, can somebody who's convicted of treason be, A, an example of what's right? Because yeah. by definition, they were found guilty, and he did commit treason, right. and he was hanged to death. But, you, so, know, it, you know, it's kind of complicated as you pull all these things apart and is. then apply it back to extraterrestrial life.
5: It's also been reported uh, that there have been UAP observed and uh, in interacting with and flying over sensitive military facilities, particularly not just ranges, but uh, some facilities housing our strategic nuclear forces. Uh, one such incident allegedly occurred. Uh, uh, at Malmstrom Air Force Base, in which 10 of our nuclear ICBMs were rendered inoperable. At the same time, a glowing red orb was observed overhead. I'm not commenting on the accuracy of this. I'm simply asking you whether you're aware of it and whether you have any comment on the accuracy of that
3: report. Let me pass that to Mr. Bray, if <laughs> you've been looking at the UAPs over the last uh, three years. So. Uh, that data is not uh, within the holdings of the UAP task force.
5: Okay, but are you aware of the, the report, or that the data exists somewhere? I have, uh, I have heard stories. I have not seen the official data on that. So you've just seen informal stories, no official assessment that you've done or exists within DOD that you're aware of uh, regarding the Malmstrom incident? Uh, all I can speak to is, you know, what's within my cognizance of the UAP task force, and we have not looked at that incident. Well, I, would say, I mean, it's a pretty high-profile incident. Uh, I, I don't claim to be an expert on this, but that's out there. You're, you're the guys investigating it. I mean, if, who else is doing it?
2: How do we then not infringe
1: on each other
0: yeah. out yeah. of paranoia? Is your mind changed, Jason? Do we change your mind
1: now? <laughs> I'm just like... Change my but mind in regards On to
0: the, the extraterrestrial versus
1: whether uh, Whether Russia, you want it to be China, extraterrestrial military.
0: Um, Are you still like, no, nah, I'm gonna,
4: uh, yeah, I'm gonna no, stick I, with my yeah, answer. Yeah, I'll stick with my answer.
1: You know, it's... I think I, I will too, because I think... I don't know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. If my faith tells me that God unless created, gonna, unless I'm misunderstanding the question. <laughs>
4: no, no, no. I, I, I think I'm going to stick with with Jason too because I think if my faith tells me that God created everything, uh, you know, do we find out that that's not true? I don't know, but I, I, it would certainly open up a whole new realm of possibilities. Uh, and 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 by the way, why aren't you allowed to be part of the Masons or the Knights of Pythias? The you Masons are expressly... This is actually in our, like, canon law, by yeah. the way.
2: The Masons are expressly...
4: Anti-Catholic. Founded yes. by,
2: yes. I believe it was Voltaire, correct?
0: Uh, something that I'm not... I know Voltaire has something to do with yeah, them. I think And they actively, like, have their... their what do they call it, Lodges near Catholic churches. Like, active have, on well, riches. No, going,
2: going back to the actual root of it, the purpose in France was to overturn the altar yeah. of every Catholic church. What? Wasn't it?
0: Uh, they they were friends with the Illuminati, the real one, not the Dan Brown the, the, what's <laughs> version. It, Tom version? Hanks, Tom yeah. Hanks running through the streets. And, like, we got we got to find loot. this, and you get followed over. But yeah, that's but anyway, but that's a, that's another topic. But I, I want to kind of close this topic because we can go on like for another hour. We easily, but so. Yeah, so, what easily the, so what if
2: what if what if, if they're the Masons? UFOs are oh, the gosh, Heavy man. What if they're hey? You up know up though, the, before what you close this, out, let me tell you something.
4: When I was a teenager, I had a cousin who lived in like Seguin, one of these old towns around here. And she lived near a power plant, a CPS or whatever it was at the time, right? And she went out there with her video camera. And these video cameras were horrible. Like the the, yeah. the, the the little, you know, things would burn in at any light. And she videotaped and showed us. And we were freaking out. These things that look like flares, but they were obviously, they would look, I guess, today more like... Um, these uh these 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 things that you fly up uh that you the drones thank you yeah there were lights there were little bits of light and they were all going around there was three or four of them going around and around the power station wow and then all of a sudden boom in an instant they all shot up met up together and then took off at light speed and this was not fake this was Whoa. my cousin who showed us this video uh, it ended up i think on one of the news i was going to say eventually. that she has to have but what jumps out at me is I look at these UAV videos, which is our topic today, right? Mm-hmm. We're seeing these amazing technology. We're, shoot, we're we're having pilots testify that they're interacting with these things every day. That's pretty amazing, and that we're seeing uh, if these are armed, uh, manned uh, craft, yeah.
2: you wouldn't be able to survive the G forces. Talking yeah. about you know the space, way they're the, the movement, way they move, right? They would like, just
0: like liquefy. He's, he's,
2: I, I mean, going he, back to my. Uh, My references to sports drinks, Red Bull Air Racing has a a max G factor of 10 because that's, I think that's it because that's the most, most humans can reliably survive. So you get penalized in the race if you exceed, I can't remember whether it's seven or 10, but uh, yeah. So there's some interesting discussions to be had. There definitely is. And I think
4: whether they're alien or not, like we are at a different place. We are at a different place. I saw it with my own eyes on that videotape. My cousin wow. told us what she saw.
0: <laughs> That's freaky. And this is,
4: you know, 20, 30 wow. years ago. Thirty years ago, at least, when we when yeah. we first saw these videos, and I'm telling you, it was blowing our mind. And now to see it on the headline in the headlines being so talked about.
2: Let me ask you if this blows your mind. Everybody here has been alive long enough. We watched this space shuttle take off, and it goes up and things fall off, and they come back down to Earth because gravity, did anybody predict that Elon Musk would be able to take a rocket, launch the first stage, and return the first stage to a landing pad? In total Marvin Martian, Bugs Bunny fashion, we're going to reliably reuse the first stage. No, we were told that was the reason
4: why they came up with the space shuttle to begin with.
2: Correct, and if you look at what they're doing with then down in... um. Brownsville, Starship, mm. it it flies up, it does a big belly flop, glides back down, and, and lands. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an example of technology that data has been there. There's nothing really revolutionary, revolutionary about what he's doing. It's how he's recombining existing technologies and data. I think it's interesting that Tom of all people yeah. brings this up. I think I mean, are so you trying Tom, to tell us? Whenever you something? say his name, you should nope, do this. Nope, i I'm, I'm trying to ask you though how challenged would you have been if you saw that prior to just the news coverage and the expectation the buildup right. so what happens when it turns out you know fill in the blank some other nation has an exquisite capability that I, I don't know I don't know about that I don't know if it's us I'm just saying technology is complicated and I mean, I just...
4: <laughs> the limits we really don't know is yeah. what you're kind of so, saying.
2: Yeah, it's just
4: one of those things. We might actually see some really interesting things doing your job that might blow our minds. I think one time at an airport, already. actually I used to work at Avis Rent a car as a kid uh, when I was in college. And we used to get these late night flights that would come in to rent a car. The flights that were not registered off of you know airliners, but private jets, military jets sometimes, the guy would come in and rent a car. This guy shows up one day and he's got a voucher that he's gonna pay with to rent the car. And it was from the, the Department of Defense and it was specifically from Naval Intelligence. And I said, being the geek that I am, yeah. wow, you must see like really cool stuff doing this job, right? This is like 18-year-old version, 19-year-old version of me. And he says, let me tell you something. If you knew the things that existed wow. out there that I see every day, you wouldn't be able to sleep at oh night. So, Tom, how, do you, how well do you sleep?
0: Yeah, how well do you I don't think so you sleep at
2: we, So we talked a little bit about sleep earlier on, and I mentioned the fact that, yeah, different jobs I've had, different things I've done, that four hours of sleep a night sometimes yeah. is the standard. And so unwinding yourself from that can be hard due to hyper alertness. But uh, the main thing, the best lesson I was ever told is there was a threat and it was a particular issue. We're working real hard on it. And one of my mentors was a Navy pilot. And we were sitting there working on the dry erase board trying to figure it out. He said, well, get up. Come here. I want to show you something. He took me out and we looked out across the rest of the office. He said, do you see this? I'm like, yeah. He's like. In every nation in the world, there's a group of people who aren't this good at what we do, trying to do the same thing. Wow. Mm. So that's that's just kind of the one of the ones going back to heavy, deep thoughts that probably aren't, I don't know, we need somebody thinky, thoughty, theologian on. But I think the factor that everybody misses about what makes the United States of America unique is the inherent tie to self-determination of the individual. And how, although it was not founded exclusively by Catholics, that's something we clearly hold dear to ourselves is the inherent right of self-determination, which we would also want for our alien friends. Yeah. I, yeah. Think
4: this I love that. That was that. And that, deep and awesome.
2: Yeah. I was, exactly. like, was going to that. say that, that's very deep. And, and I, I assume we've never discharged any armaments against a UAP, correct? That's correct. Um, how about wreckage? Have we come across any wreckage of any kind of um, object that has now been examined by you?
3: The UAP task force doesn't have any wreckage that isn't uh, explainable, that that isn't consistent with being of terrestrial origin.
2: Do we have any sensors underwater uh, to um, detect on submerged UAPs? Uh, anything that is in the ocean or in the seas.
3: So I think uh, that would be more appropriately addressed in closed session,
2: sir. Okay. All right. uh, With that, I want to thank you all for for taking the time out. I also
0: want to thank uh, my colleagues on both sides of the aisle for participating in this very uh,
4: historical and important um, hearing. I think it's one of the few times we can demonstrate some degree of bipartisanship around UAPs and
0: UFOs. So I love it. Appreciate it. Thank you. The closing thing of like this, this. This thing that's happening uh, in our world and presently, there's so much stuff going on. And for the commission to have again after 50 years, I think it's amazing. I think we're gonna see new stuff. I don't think it's done. I don't think the story's done yet of this UFO. So wait, so you're
4: promising a future broadcast? I'm promising i I'm telling
0: you, we're gonna have a new development. Quote my words are are waiting. No, mark my words. I quote. Yeah, a, All right, but let's oh. uh, let's get yeah. So should we, we let you.
2: everybody into the mystery of? How this decision to be on this show was made, it's expressly tied to this is a media mm-hmm. presentation. This is all tied back to Fulton Sheen. Yes. So, folks, if Everyone here, you're really well, looking back to, like, hey, where's the real starting point? Mm-hmm. Gonna let you know. That's you can probably cool. find it yeah. on the YouTubes as a presentation from Fulton Sheen that deals with the topic you're looking at. And it's a really good starting point. That was
4: like the original podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, okay, it really was. Sitting in his pod. living room uh, um, with the monstrous yes. nearby with a microphone. But who watched
2: right. it? The question to you is who yeah. watched it? And the answer was everyone. Wow. So, that's amazing. That is cool. Just think, think about it, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to go around and let's give our closing thoughts and end the show. Um, Jason, again, thank you for uh, being on the show. Um, it's always a good time when you're on. Any cl- closing thoughts in general of the show and just say your goodbyes and your plugs and all that. The plugs and the shout-outs and all that stuff.
1: Sure, sure. So the one plug that I will give, something that something that Tom just mentioned, right? Fulton Sheen. So if you are curious as far as to what we're talking about, you can go to theuniversalway.com. And that that's the website for... The full Tenshin prayer group apostolate has all the episodes, has all the lessons on there that 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 we've all come to know each other to listen to and meet together as like-minded individuals. Uh, so I'll throw that out there as a plug. Once again, that's theuniversalway.com. Very very easy to get a group going. It's basically runs itself. Overall, uh, Roger, thanks so much for inviting me to be on the show. Uh, I love podcasts. Um, I, I work within podcasts within my within my day to day. And it's also a hobby of mine and a real passion. So um, this is one of the last true media, you know, honest art forms that there is right now. So um, thanks so much for having me on, and I appreciate it, and, and um, can't wait to be on again.
0: All right, thank you, thank you. Oh, I almost said it again. Tom, sorry. <laughs> said I almost what again? Said it again. <laughs> uh, uh, um, any last takes, um, not last takes, shout outs, plugs obviously obviously no you can't be like follow me on twitter something (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) like at tom at tom dash something mystery man tom Uh, on myspace well i guess you're not gonna have any like um links to your facebook or twitter anytime but uh any last thing you want to say
2: not 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 exceptional just hey thanks for letting me be here i'm just meeting dusty i know you two from around the neighborhood thanks for being good hosts and just remember san antonio is a big place new people it's the Catholic Church. You are allowed to say hello to them. Mm-hmm. Say hello. Is that in canon
0: folks. law, though? Is it that, actually, what, what, I think we to be
2: polite to each other. <laughs> what so, paragraph is that? So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, thank you for welcoming us into the community, though. And oh. my new tagline for San Antonio is, we've got tacos. Oh, so, oh that you that, know, <sighs> That's your last tagline. We've got tacos. San that's, tagline. That's what I've got. So, thank you all and have a wonderful time. All right, man. Thank you, thank for, you guys thank you for being with us. Yeah. Yeah, uh, man, my closing great, take
4: comes from the Catholic Journal. This is a show we discussed U- U- UAVs and UFOs and aliens <laughs> and the possibility that we're seeing new technologies mm-hmm. and so forth. Uh, if these are aliens, the Catholic Journal uh, article that I read said, do not be afraid. These should not be considered yeah. a threat to our faith as, as yeah. Catholics, as Christians, and even uh, some of our Jewish forefathers. This is instead a reinforcement of our faith and in this matter, as in countless others, our guiding thoughts should be the calming words mentioned no fewer than 105 times in the sacred scripture, quote, do not be afraid, yeah. unquote. Wow. Great, great, great.
0: Once again, thank you guys for joining us. This has been Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. Check in every week. We're going to make the podcast go to another level. Um, Again, I'm so glad to be on this journey. Thank you, everybody. Godspeed. God bless.